The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you ever stopped to think that the best and worst place to live is in your mind? Think about it. We can create our own destiny or our own downfall. It all has to do with the way that we choose to think and see things. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, with your host, Dr. Paula Joyce. Dr. Paula is here with her guest experts to show you just how to change that negative way of thinking and see your world in a positive light. Now, here is Dr. Paula. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and I'm grateful you're joining me today. Last week, Christy Cody shared how Tango helped her heal from the inside out as she followed her passion, left a stressful job, and created more joy and ease in her life. We all know how beautiful performance Argentine tango is, but the social dance has some additional advantages. One can use it to shine a light on what is working and what is not working in your life. As one Dallas listener wrote to me, I love this show. The time went so fast. To learn more about changing your life by paying attention to what is happening in the moment, listen to the podcast from last week. Our guest today, Dr. Charlotte Castle, also takes an an approach of self-empowerment. Her 16-step method for overcoming addiction focuses on finding your voice, building confidence, taking action on your own behalf, and understanding addiction in a cultural context. She epitomizes what this show is about by attacking the problem at the core through dealing with the issues underlying depression, anxiety, addiction, and relationship difficulties. She helps people truly heal. This is a a segment that can help all of us. This radio show, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, gives you the tools to change your life through helpful information in the first part of the show, inspiring stories, and guests who are thought leaders in their field. If you're trying to figure out how to find the silver silver lining in a difficult situation or how to rid yourself of persistent negative thoughts or have a personal story to share, please call during the show to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. 5795 or email now or between shows to Dr. Paula Joyce that's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com and the phone number to call between shows is 1-214-736-4460 that's 1-214- 736-4460. My journey towards self-empowerment got a little stronger about 15 years ago when I joined a writing group. I had quit work and was looking for opportunities to write. As luck would have it, I heard some people at my exercise class talking about starting a writing group. And I uncharacteristically asked if I could join. The organizer had to approve, and she eventually said okay. 
for a long time, this was a very important group for me. Today, when I reread the pieces I wrote, I'm surprised by what I wrote and how so much of it has become my life. I want to share one of those pieces with you now. What if I really listened to my heart, not the demands, desires, needs of everyone else in my world, but really sank in and got quiet enough to hear me? What if the chaos surrounding me and the lives of others ceased to pull me off track, off center, ceased to be a way of pulling me away from my life, away from who I am, what I want, and what is rightfully me? Would I be a pariah? Would I know myself? Would my friends flee because I no longer could or would be the false me? Could my family take the shift? How scared would they be? How much chaos would ensue? And oh, would I be selfish? The most dreaded of words. That concept that's the antithesis of everything that we're supposed to be in this society. Selflessness, service, giving, giving, giving is what is most prized, most valued held up as the way to be, the only true way to be. Yet, if all I do is give, when do I take in? And what is there for me to use for my life, my growth, my expression of self, of soul? Rabbi Hillel said, if I am not for myself, who will be for me? Being for my own self, What am I? And if not now, when? The wisdom, the life-giving power in those words is almost too much. Dare I take in this permission? Yes, permission to be for myself. And what does that mean anyway? I've spent so much of my life being for everyone but myself that the thought of putting me first jolts through me and literally shakes me to my foundation. Can I be good and still be for myself? The old messages die hard. It's a daily effort to peel away the outside have-tos, shoulds, musts, and get close enough to myself to hear the I am's and I want's. What a revelation to discover ever so slowly, yet profoundly, that the more me I allow myself to recognize, to surface and express, the more me I have to give, to share, and how much more it means because the giving is without a hook, without a hidden agenda, just from the heart. But of course, that's it. The more I have of my own heart, the more of it I have to give. It was one thing to write this. It was quite another to learn how to live it, how to be it. As Marion Williams said, it is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. In order to put yourself first, you have to know who that self is. When you've spent a lifetime hiding, how do you come out of your self-imposed cage? How do you allow yourself to feel safe, exposing your real self? How do you even know who your real self is? And how do you allow that self to receive? As daunting as that journey is, avoiding it has more dire consequences in the long run. If there's no self to come home to at the end of the day, then there's no reason to keep on living. If we only live to please others or to make money, then what are we? Who are we? We need to learn to create a balance between giving and receiving. If we keep giving, then the well runs dry and we have nothing left to give. 
So learning how to receive is a critical part of being a full and healthy human being. And often we have to be the ones who learn how to give to ourselves. If we've always been the ones giving, changing the balance can be very difficult and slow. We have to teach ourselves, our thoughts, our bodies, our behaviors, and others how we want to be treated. We have to know that we deserve it and develop the strength to hold our boundaries and to stick to what we want. I remember when I still had children at home and wanted to create some private time for myself to write and meditate. They were old enough to be left alone. And I said to them, when the door is closed, I don't want to be disturbed. I was asking for 15 minutes of private time a day and to be disturbed only in case of an emergency. Well, every few minutes there seemed to be an emergency that only I could solve. Gradually, I was able to achieve my quiet time by defining what I meant by an, emer- in an emergency and by sticking to my request. Eventually, we all adjusted and I was able to carve out that time for myself. This sounds like a small request, but it can be huge when it topples the order of things. Everyone seemed to sense that this was bigger than it was because it was the beginning of change. As I found more of me, I wanted to find and express even more. Before long, I was painting too. Then I joined Toastmasters, took up Argentine tango, began to travel on my own, formed a life coaching business with a few other coaches. Minor steps added up until my life was totally different than it had been when I wrote the piece entitled, What If I Really Listened to My Heart? We usually define addiction as alcohol, or drug abuse, and most recently, we have begun to include sex. I believe, however, that we can become addicted to abuse, to depression, to thinking negatively, to seeing ourselves as stupid or ugly or worthless, or serving others at the exclusion of ourselves, or to a relationship. I think that when a behavioral pattern or thought process gets repeated enough, then we need it in order to know that we are alive. Since we are lost or never known who we really are, we substitute familiar behaviors and thoughts, believing that they define us. When these patterns keep us from becoming ourselves, We just dig ourselves deeper into pain or escape. I think we can even get addicted to the adrenaline surges that we get when in the middle of an abusive episode. The peak and crash is like a drug high with the accompanying low. At first, the peace and calm feels good, like when you stop banging your head against a wall. But then the peace becomes unbearable, and the abuser and abused both need the fix of another adrenaline rush in order to feel alive, to feel normal, to feel familiar, to know who we are. Because unrelenting peace and calm feels like boredom, or maybe even death. To feel peace and calm as a normal and desirable state can take time while one retrains their body and their psyche. Someone said to me recently, I'm good at ignoring things and that's good. Well, no, it isn't. It isn't good when what you're ignoring is harmful to you. You can escape into work or into travel, but eventually 
You have to go home. When you share your life, your bed, your energy with someone, you are mingling your energies. Do you really want to take in toxic energy every time you go home? People often have a simplistic view of manifestation and the law of attraction. You can't ignore the negativity in your life and expect to attract the positive money or relationships that you want. First, we have to clear ourselves of addiction, depression, anxiety, abuse, and negative thoughts and energy in order to bring into our lives what we really want. Our guest today, Dr. Charlotte Sophia Castle, has developed a 16-step program to do just that. She has had a private psychotherapy practice for over 30 years and is the author of nine books. In 1997, she received a Lifetime Achievement Award from the National Council on Sexual Addiction and Compulsivity. In 2000, If the Buddha Dated, was a finalist for the National Books for Better Living Awards. She was also listed in Self Magazine as one of 50 sage psychologists in the U.S., Dr. Castle uses an empowering approach to healing by addressing the core issues underlying depression, anxiety, addiction, and relationship difficulties. You're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, and I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. If you're enjoying our program, be sure to like us on Facebook Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Dr. Castle, who is here to talk with us about healing through self-empowerment. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. For a fresh perspective, from leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission, Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too, while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email 
to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. And we're here with Dr. Castle to talk about healing through self-empowerment. Charlotte, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for joining us today. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for asking me. Well, you're welcome. And I just want the listeners to know that I became familiar with you a number of years ago through a book that I think, unfortunately, is out of print now. It was called A Home for the Heart, but I still physically give it to my clients um, to read my copy because there was so much wisdom and so much power in what you have to say. So I'm glad that you're here to share those concepts. I know you, you use those in, uh, um, th- in your 16 steps. So I'd like you to talk with us a little bit about that. But if you, I think, first define addiction, because your definition to me is more what I think of as addiction, it's broader than what most people think of when they hear the word addiction. Sure. Um, It's generally a feeling of powerlessness over what you're doing, and it also escalates. There are harmful consequences, and then there's withdrawal or upset upon quitting. That's kind of an overview. But it comes out of emptiness, wound. It's not like someone's just an addict. And that's been often said about people, you know, well, I'm just an addict. I don't know why. Well, under, under those cravings for, you know, it can be food, alcohol, shopping, uh, fame, whatever, usually it's a hurt I don't feel good enough, I don't feel I'm worthwhile, I feel empty, I feel like I want to numb out this pain, I want to get away from those awful memories. So it's a way people try to regulate a very dysregulated kind of emotional system. Because if you've had trauma, you generally tend to be more volatile or more flat or more prone to depression. So if you've had trauma... You know, something that might bother another person a little bit might bother you five times as much. You know, if someone's rude to you at a bus stop, you just feel incensed because you're constantly triggering into old experiences. They go off in the brain. They're wired in there. And they feel very real at the time, but what we don't realize is they're old wiring and it may be a five or 10% belongs to the moment and... 95% or so belongs to the past. So it leaves people very volatile or vulnerable to um, being uh, impacted by everything outside them. You know, someone says, well, I don't quite like that shirt you're wearing, and you just fall apart, as opposed to, yeah, I don't like it too much either. (laughs) Or, well, you don't, huh, I do. You know, it's, it's like the wound keeps getting opened and reopened. And that's all part of the addiction because when you're so dysregulated and life is hard and you, you translate anyone's comments into criticizing or you don't like me, but you want to get away from that. It's horrible feelings to have, horrible thoughts to be drenched with all the time. So people find escapes. And, and, and when you say trauma, I think not everybody understands that word. I mean, because what I'm hearing you describe is that it could be that somebody was put down a lot as a child or um, told that they were worthless or criticized a lot, and which is could be emotional or psychological abuse, but not everybody understands that um, concept and how it can play out in negative behaviors and negative relationships in their adult life. 
Yeah, you could take a lot of that back to concepts of attachment. You know, if, if and I don't want to just put it on the mother, but if the early attachment starts with a depressed mother, uh, an alcoholic mother, a anxious, angry mother, the child picks all that up. And what we learn to be a person by someone adoring us, smiling at us, uh, connecting, making eye contact, being consistent, meeting our needs, playing with us, just in awe of what an amazing little bit of life we are. And if a child doesn't get that right away, they become what we call, you know, anxiously attached, or they're very various versions of it. But I think a lot of us can recognize some of those symptoms. You're, not, you're anxiously attached can be, you know, you're just sure someone won't like you, or if they really knew you, they'd go away. You don't trust that, you, that you're going to have a friend that stays very well. or You may have a few, but there's a worry about people liking you. And really that's a translation of feeling so desperate as a young child to get cared for and liked. Because we like ourselves, you know, it's a, it's a mirror of how we were liked and treasured. And uh, so attachment is part of that. And then the other thing I see a lot is that's subtle that people don't quite get is when there's a narcissistic parent, mother and father it can be, they don't see you as a human being. You're an object to them. And they, people who are very narcissistic don't have a capacity for empathy. And it's very confusing because let's say a narcissistic, well, I'll say a mother and then we'll say a father. A narcissistic mother wants her daughter to be cute and adorable, and she just loves it when people say, oh, how adorable your daughter is. But she takes that as being about her. And she may sort of inflict all kinds of clothes and stuff on her daughter and be nice, be polite, don't talk back, to have her daughter be this little image she wants. So she gets a lot of praise. And the child doesn't understand because they get lavished all this stuff on them maybe, but they don't never feel like anyone knows them or understands them. So there's a rage that builds up inside there as well and a terrible fear that if you're not, if you don't comply with your parents' wishes for you to be this person, um, they're not going to love you because their love is so, and it isn't really love, but their approval is so based on you being what they want you to be. So people with that have horrible inner conflict because it's the conflict between, well, who am I? Who do I want to be? I want to play the violin and I want to go to school and I want to do this. And the mother wants you to do something different because she's written a script for you. So this horrendous conflict inside, and I see it a lot in clients who have various kinds of addictions, and certainly people who have a lot of confusion in relationships. Uh, Yeah, and I think we can get addicted to people or addicted to being the caregiver because if we didn't receive the kind of care that we wanted from our parents, sometimes we turn that around and think we have to take care of them and everyone else in order to be liked. Yes. You have to, it, love is so conditional. Care is so conditional. And there's a thing I see that is sort of fascinating with couples especially is that um, one of the couples will be oh, very demanding and difficult, but the other one is sort of flat emotionally. And they'll project out on the partner, you know, this wounded person and feel very protective of the person, even though they're rude and nasty to them. But they'll just care for them no matter what and kind of give their life away to them. But it's really they've projected, kind of like you said, projected their own wounded self onto the other person. So, of course, they're going to take care of the wounded person instead of yourself. And it gets very, very confusing. And yet, addicted to a person, I think of a lot. I've worked with ego state work, which means seeing kind of what age you're coming from, a little bit like developmental psychology, is that when you get hooked on a person, you're usually in a child, very child ego state. 
And think of all the songs. I can't live without you. You're my everything. <laughs> You're my winter, summer, spring. And that's how the baby perceives the mother. But if the mother isn't like that, they're, they're just still longing for that love of a, a mother, a loving mother, and a loving father, too. Um, so that that often gets into relationships where you feel you'll die if they leave you. Well, you're not going to die as an adult, you know. You can get yourself to work and to the store and buy food and cook and dress and so forth. But the feeling is like you've fallen into being a little child and, and you're just desperate. And I do talk about that kind of thing in A Home for the Heart, which, by the way, you can get a lot, there are lots of used copies around on... Uh, the internet, abebooks.com is one of them. And, uh, yeah, it's amazing how we do, um, how get, how confused we get about whose problem it is and what our job is and how we get to be loved. Yes, and you're mentioning that book. I just want to say that, you know, I've gone back over it um, in in preparation for our talking and and kind of looked at my underlinings because I'm still in college. I still always Mm. underline it. And it was just, there's just so much profound information. And I know it helped me wake up because it's hard when you're living with something and and you've lived it since birth. You don't see it. You don't understand it. You don't know how to do it differently. So how do people wake up? How do you help people to um, get in touch with themselves to see their lives? And, and to change it? Well, at some level, it's an act of grace that people get fire under their feet and want to change. And that happens for some people, sometimes quite quickly. Other times, it drags on. And some people just want to put it on the shelf and forget it and have their three beers every night and not think about it, you know? <laughs> The life of quiet desperation, possibly, or just a checked out kind of happy with simple things like that, but not very much depth or connection, hard connection in life. But I think the whole thing is listening inside to have an inner world. I see people who just don't know what's going on inside. They're reacting all over the place, but they don't hear inside. And just this last weekend, twice, a client I'd worked with, two different ones for a long time, reported back they had had a time. They used to explain things and talk a lot and so forth and justify themselves and all this. And we talk about the healing power of the truth. Say what's true simply, kindly, and briefly. And she had done exactly that. And she was so excited I couldn't see someone get more excited. She said, I just said it. I, I I will do my best with this. I don't know how fast I can do it, and I don't know how well, period. And she said it was so calming. It was so wonderful. I told the truth. I just said simply what was true. I didn't explain it, talk about my childhood. I didn't add on all these words. Yeah, just to say what's true. And there's so much work to get down to that when you have the voices of your parents in your head saying, well, that's not nice. You shouldn't do that. They might not like you, etc. To get through all that and get that's your parental conditioning in your head and maybe the Pope too and maybe all kinds of religions and so forth, your teachers, whoever. To I get to listen internally, just quiet down, go inside, and what is true for me? And that could be started with, you know, what socks do I want to wear today? What movie do I really want to go to? And being able to say, yes, I, I do want to go to that. No, I don't think I care for that, but maybe we could find something we both like. Those are, they're gold. They're the milk and honey on the other side. When we have a quiet mind, can listen and hear that inner world of our true self. And that's one of my empowerment steps. 
And that's a, um, a good place for us to pause and to continue this um, discussion after the break because that's, um, we, we've, we're just moving into the, um, into the power of the 16 steps that you've created. And I want to talk about how they're different from the 12 steps and so on and the concepts behind them. So, um, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Dr. Castle and her thoughts on how to become self-empowered and hear that voice within. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective from leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission. Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. And we're here with... Charlotte Castle, who's talking with us about healing through self-empowerment. And I was just saying to her during the break that the first time that somebody said to me, write down your goals, your personal goals, what do you want? Not career goals or work goals, but what do you want? I really didn't know what to write. It was very hard for me to hear my voice. So I'm curious if you could talk with us about how people like myself start to hear their own voice and know it as theirs and not someone else's. Well, that's a fabulous question, and that's kind of the heart of the work we do. You know, Nisargadatta Maharaj, who is a wonderful Indian teacher, and there's a book of his uh, teachings, he said, meditate on the I am and drop everything else, because that was all put on you. It was all conditioned into you. So the one of the first steps is to get that those thoughts in our mind, those beliefs we have, are just beliefs. It doesn't make them true. <laughs> it's what we've been conditioned to believe. And that means then we have to question our parents, our teachings, our churches, our synagogues, or everything, well, what's that teaching about? And start learning to ask questions. A huge stage of development, kind of, oh, James Fowler talks about this, late adolescence, is disillusionment, doubt, questioning, 
all of a sudden, the world isn't what you thought it was. Those answers aren't just what came out of your parents' mouth. It's like, wait a minute, that's not fair. That's why you get such wonderful kind of political movements that come out of late teens and early 20s because there's an idealism that an idealism that takes place. You know, you want the world to be fair and you see there isn't justice for everyone and you see that it, people don't get a fair shake. So that's the first thing. Don't believe your thoughts. You know, just because you have one, don't assume it's true. It's conditioning. And so, you know, we talk about, like in a cartoon, draw the little bubble over the head and put mother, father, the critic, the saboteur up there. And what are they saying? Who's the critic who lives in your head? Where did that come from? Who's that saboteur who lives in your head? Where did did that come from? And know... You'll feel terrific withdrawal when you start questioning that, especially if you had a narcissistic parent, because for you to question them and what they taught you feels like a death threat to them. But you have to remember, it's just they're in your head. They're not going to die, and you're going to feel much better. So that's kind of number one, question whatever you think and whatever you've been taught and get that it's conditioning. Then you need to quiet down and listen inside. See what you do know that you prefer. Think at least of having a uh, preference. It's like not, oh, whatever you want, honey, is fine with me. That's got to go, you know. It's kind of like, okay, I'm going to listen. And that you get somewhere deep inside you, you plant a seed that says, I get to have a self. I get to say what's true. And one of the steps says, we make a decision to become our authentic selves and trust in the healing power of the truth. So we get a belief that really being myself, saying what's true, kindly, respectfully, but about everything, and stop worrying about what do they think, am I hurting them, is this bad, you know, what will happen, um, that's just a key, and that's one of the steps people cite a lot as really, really liking. The, one of the other steps, the opening step, is instead of we admit we're powerless, this is we affirm we have the power to take charge of our lives and stop being dependent on substances or other people for our self-esteem and security. I get women up in a group, and sometimes men, we have the power, you know, make a fist, go ho, get in there. The roof goes off the building when you get a bunch of women suddenly coming alive and not listening for me to tell them what to do, but listening inside. Ooh, I have energy. I have the power. And that's where I really like when the people make sound, you know, get down on their belly. A lot of people who don't feel empowered talk in a very kind of nicey-nice voice, well, if you want to do this or you want to do that, but they aren't in contact. So we get up and do, oh, yes, no, stop, you know, <laughs> get those feelings going. You've got to activate the, the body because the body is your instrument, you know, and you've got to play it. And another one that women loved, and the women had been in bad relationships, quoted a lot when we sent out a questionnaire, is number 10, we learn to trust our reality, my reality, and daily affirm that we see what we see, we know what we know, and we feel what we feel. And that's so important when you have some partner or parent who's telling, well, you should feel that way, and you shouldn't be like that, or I wouldn't be mean to you if you were nicer. Because the, the typical thing for women over the ages is if I were sweeter, kinder, prettier, nicer, then I'll get the love I want. It ain't so, you know. It's like, no. The love comes from inside, from mastery, from being who you are. And then people will love who you are. If you're not who you are, you'll never feel love because they don't know you. So that step was really important for so many people. I see that you're hurting me. I know that this isn't fair, and I feel upset about it. And don't tell me different, (laughs) you know. So that, that's a strong step. Another one that people took on that also helped their empowerment was 
We seek out situations, jobs, and people who affirm our intelligence, perceptions, and self-worth and avoid situations or people who are hurtful, harmful, or demeaning to us. And a lot of people said, wow, you mean I get to stay away from my people in my family who are nasty to me? Yes, you do. You get to stay away from harm. You know, if we move toward light, if we move toward winners, if we move toward people who are good-hearted, kind, we pick up on that. But if we constantly stay around people who are screwing up their lives in chaos, messing up, or mean, we have so much work to just hang on to ourselves. And what we want to do is gather energy of kindness, truth, power, strength. And when people listen to us and are interested in us, we gather that. You know, one of the biggest things, I wrote a book on parenting, if the Buddha had kids, if the, the parent helps the child come into their power by saying, well, what do you think? What do you feel? What's your idea? You know, that's how we help each other. We don't say, well, I think you should, as opposed to, well, have you thought about it? What are the ideas you've had? Tell me. We empower each other all the time doing that. And this this model um, encourages that, and it encourages people to change the words. You don't have to use these words. There is nothing sacred about the words themselves. They're only a vehicle to get you into your strength, your power, your love, your brightness. So change them to, to make them work for you. And I, get, I have a whole bunch of copies of, that people have sent to me. And I love that because it's your voice that counts, not mine. I, I love that, that it's not rigid and also that it's so positive. And I just want to say that really this is something that everybody could use. I don't know anybody whose yeah. self-talk is all positive. Um, from the research, it's like 90% of our self-talk is negative. We all have thoughts that... Um, are the critic, the saboteur, the judge that hurt us. And in the end, we wind up abusing ourselves. And so these ideas that you're putting forth and this... um, the, the statements, some of them may apply to somebody, some others may not. They may have healed in that area. But to really understand the scope of how we have power over our thoughts and can change our lives by changing those thoughts. We can change the thoughts and we can get that they're not who we are. Um, the, one of the big results from these steps that I hadn't anticipated but showed up everywhere was they, they help with lowering depression. And of course I thought, yeah, exactly, it would because it's about taking action, it's affirming your strengths, it's being kind to each other, it's expressing love and gratitude, it's admitting to mistakes, but don't take on other people's mistakes as yours healing the physical body, listening, listening, listening inside. And it has a lot of the criteria for overcoming depression. So I visited a group of seven, there were seven groups in Vancouver, B.C., and um, a bunch of the women came for an afternoon after I did a workshop because I just wanted to meet people in the groups and find out what was happening with them. And almost to a one, they talked about they were feeling less depressed than ever in their lives, basically. But it makes sense. You bond in power, not in pain. You bond in joy, creativity, affirming your strengths, listening to each other. You know, women felt really nervous coming in. The one is um, we affirm and enjoy our intelligence, strength, and creativity, remembering not to hide these qualities from ourselves and others. So one of the things that week in the group is people bring in uh, a list of things they've done, they love, they're good at, they enjoy doing, it doesn't have to be you're great at it. And uh, one woman said, well, I'm, I'm worried that my list is too long. <laughs> you would not hear that in a men's group, I can guarantee it almost 
to a person. No, and and uh, we're going to have to close now. And so I want um, I want to say that it makes total sense, and also for releasing anxiety, because as we allow ourselves to come out, we have less of, of le- we're less anxious and we're less mm-hmm. depressed because we're not shoving anything down. I want you to quickly please tell us your contact information and there was a video that you mentioned okay I have a video called women tell their stories and we got a group of women from Canada and the US who've led the groups been in the groups one woman who started after she walked out of a an AA group because they said uh, don't play that lesbian card here you're an addict and that's what you need to focus on and she started one of the first all women's groups for lesbians actually Um, So it has all different levels of recovery, and they're two different groups. And that's called Women Tell Their Stories, and that's that's on my website. Okay, we just have a few seconds, so if you would... Castle, K-A-S-L, dot com. And you can find out all my books and um, that website on uh, on my website. And you can, there are order forms, and, you, and my phone number is, my office phone number is there. Great. Thank you so much for joining us and for well, what you do. Well, thank you. It was a pleasure talking with you. And here's, here's to the power of everyone listening. It's okay to be who you are. Thank you so much, Charlotte. And Take thank care. You. And thank you all for listening and joining us on Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you enjoyed this, please like us on Facebook. You can also go to my website, paulajoyce.com, and um, like us on Facebook and look at my services as well. And remember that you get a 10% new client discount if you mention this show. In the meantime, if you think of a question about the, that came up during the show or a difficulty in your own life or an inspirational story to share, let us know that by leaving a phone message at 214-736-4460 or an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. This is Dr. Paula, your CM or chosen mom as designated by Bernie Siegel. Remember, you are loved. Just let that feeling wash over you and through you. Have a blessed week. Thank you for tuning in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Please join Dr. Paula Joyce and her guest experts next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Until then, have a positive week. Thank you.